Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. My name is Andy Last. This is my show where we listen to awesome music and we talk to cool people who make it. And this is episode 146. So this is a real busy week for me. I'm not going to lie, which means this episode is going to be thrown together in haste. But I think what we'll do, we'll take some listener calls, maybe just one or two. So just so you guys know, I I put out a message, maybe it was like last month, of people who wanted to call into the show, listeners who want to call in, and a whole bunch of people did, and we'll be playing those intermittently for the uh, next few episodes. There was no real rule as to how long I talked to people. So one night, I recorded like four, and so I talked to people for maybe like 15 minutes. And then some people I ended up talking to on different days for like half hour, 45 minutes. So I don't know how I'm going to structure these listener call-in shows necessarily. But just in case people are wondering like, why'd you only talk to that guy for five minutes, then you talk to that one dude for an hour? And like, I, I don't have an answer to that question. It just, that's the way it worked out. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't based on anything. Anyways, look, uh, we'll listen to some music, we'll get the show started, and then we will uh, do some stuff, man. So this is going to be sort of a, do you say smorgasbord or smorgasbord? Board. Borg. Smorgasborg. Smorgas? Smorgas. All right, look, whatever. Here's, Here's a song. What is that word, honestly? Smorgasbord? Hold on. Smorgasbord. It's smorgasbord. S-M-O-R-G-A-S-B-O-R-D. Smorgasbord. A buffet offering a wide variety of hot and cold meats, salads, hors d'oeuvres, etc. A wide range of something, a variety. The album is a smorgasbord of different musical styles. Smorgasbord. Let's listen to a song. (laughs) Today we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a whole smorgasbord of music today. So uh, here's a track from Derek Strike, and this one's called 2087. Thank you. 
that was 2087 or 2087. I'm gonna say 2087 by Derek Strike, and that was fun. And of course,、uh, you know that was brought to you by.、Oh, was it brought to you? But well,、uh, one of our sponsors, Zencaster. I say this every show.、Uh, check out Zencaster.com. Z e n c a s t e r. Nope. So fuck me. Z e n c a s t r. dot com. And、uh, Zencaster is a、uh, software for podcasters. It's web based software, so you don't download anything. There's no program you upload or whatever. And you can basically, once you sign up, and if you record a podcast where you're recording interviews with people from different places, it's A chat, so you you connect with people, you send them a web link, they click on it. All of a sudden, you're in a voice chat. You hit record. It records separate streams for all of the guests.、Uh, it's very easy, intuitive, and the quality is good. So check it out. I use Zencaster to record interviews for this show, and、uh, it's cool. And if you used the promo code Beyond Synth, if you sign up at Zencaster.com, you can get twenty percent off. By using the promo code Beyond Synth, and I recommend it because it is good. And then there's Retro Revolutions, Jared、uh, from Retro Revolutions. He makes cool things. He's an electrician. He does neat stuff with retro consoles and makes cool things out of them. And you should go check out his YouTube channel, Retro Revolutions. And you can also follow him on Twitter at RetroFaithGames and on Instagram.com at Retro underscore Revolution. So if you like seeing Modded、uh, old video game consoles and stuff like that. It is.、Uh, it's good to check out. So that's that, man. Do it, do it. Now this week is super busy for me, and I don't even know if I'm going to get this show out on time. I feel like I say this all the time, but honestly, one of these days, I swear. Okay. Once Beyond Synth gets that angel investor, you know who I'm talking about. If you're listening to the show right now and you have a wealthy oil baron uncle who's got money to burn, all right, you start sponsoring the show, become an angel investor, and then I don't even know where I got the where the phrase angel investor comes from. I feel like I must have listened to like a business podcast one time, and I'm like a horrible businessman, so that's not like listening to a business podcast is not a normal activity for me. And I think that's where I heard it because they're basically saying like. If you're starting a business, it's hard to find that initial funding. It's like, hey, unless you win the lottery or you find an angel investor, because angel investors, I guess, are just investors who literally just come out of nowhere, give you money for no reason other than just to give you money. So it's like a, a very unlikely thing to happen, and、uh, and that's why I'm always asking for one because it's so unlikely. But maybe the power, the power of the universe. Where I'm going with that? Let's listen to some more music. So this is a fun one. You know, I don't talk about this often, but、uh, I am a fan of disco, and I I like ABBA. And this dude got in touch with me and sent me some stuff. They're called the、uh, Eurotics, and this song just has such a disco-y vibe.、Uh, it reminds me of ABBA, kind of. It's sort of like ABBA and and Euro、uh, Euro dance. But、uh, try not to be happy when listening to a song like this, because these are the sorts of songs. A play where you know it's it's very difficult to be angry while a, a track like this is playing because it is it is fun, and this is Conquer the Universe by Eurotics. Today. 
That's uh, Eurotics with the track Conquer the Universe. I don't want to say music like that is a guilty pleasure for me, but it definitely makes me happy to listen to. Yeah, let's, uh, here, let's go to the the, the mailbag, the, the mail sack. We haven't done mail sack in a while, so let's uh, clear out the, uh, the Beyond Synth mail sack. The faithful listeners writing to the show, hoping that you know gets picked from us. So I've got uh, still some old mail sack letters I got to get through because uh, we never do this segment anymore, and uh, you know sometimes the the letters pile up. So here is a message from Nathan Winter. He says, "Hi Andy, I know you're a big fan of burgers. Have you ever eaten at a Five Guys? It was my day off today, so I decided to eat lunch at a Five Guys here in the states. I ordered a bacon cheeseburger, small fries, and a regular drink." They don't have small. Guess what the total was? 1663. I immediately thought of you and your burger fries and a pop shouldn't cost more than $10 rant. <laughs> you know there's people in the world who have important things to say and do important work 
And then I just read this. Yeah, I went on a 10-day burgers should be $10 rant. Like, what an important rant for society. Anyway, the burgers are pretty decent. But for nearly $17, I could have just went to a sit-down restaurant and gotten something more gourmet. Well, that's true, Nathan Winter. And I should actually let you know that it was Five Guys Restaurant that prompted me to do that rant. So, yes, I have eaten at a Five Guys. There's lots of places like that. These sort of fast food burger places but they like pride themselves on that they cook the meat in front of you and there's a chain in in toronto called uh, the burgers priest and it's the same deal like there's one burger there that's like almost like 20 bucks i mean like it's they're good like they're good burgers but man it just it, that's what awakened in me that that whole idea of why the fuck am I paying, yeah, like nearly 20 bucks for just like a burger, fries, and a pop? Like, that's not the way. And Five Guys is the same thing. It's like all those places, they don't do combos. You know, it's like you just, you have to buy it all separately and then it just all adds up and it's fucking, it's ridiculous. So, uh, yes, I agree with you. It should not be that price. Here is one, uh, this is a listener who left this story on a previous episode of Beyond Synth. What was the episode when uh, Florence and I were talking about Treo's Tacos, Danny Treo's taco business? We were talking about that they were expensive. I think that was the moral of that story. That seems to be a big theme on this show. <laughs> it's just- We're all cheap. Anyway, uh, Matt Oxner wrote this little story. He says, I must tell my story. Last year, I had a four-hour layover in L.A., so somehow I decided to go to Treo's Donuts. No bus, so I spent a whole hot-as-balls afternoon walking there, walked clean past it three times, and then finally found it half an hour after it closed. Who closes at 3 p.m.? Eventually got back to the airport covered in sweat and took a hobo shower in the bathroom. Fuck L.A. That's a great story, Matt Oxner. The lives of my listeners are very exciting. And then uh, finally, here's an email from Mads Christensen. I don't think I can say your middle name, buddy. Berend? Berend? Mads Baron Christensen? Anyway, Christensen. Mads. Mads is a cool name. Mads. Mads. Anyway, he says, uh, Hey, Andy, huge fan of you and your show, especially the interviews with Adam McNabb. Comic gold. I don't know if you answer questions through Facebook, fingers crossed. Well, I do, uh, like 10 years later. I think this is this is from January. But uh, is there anywhere to find part two of your interview with Adam from like three years ago uh, when he was in the U.S. filming? Been searching everywhere, I feel. Thanks in advance. Love what you do and love the synth scene. Okay, so what he's talking about is many years ago... Uh, Adam McNabb from Le Cassette came to Toronto to film a movie and we did like a video interview and I put part one on my Vimeo page, but I never put up part two. I don't even know where the hell the drive is. Just, I got caught up doing other things and never finished it. Now, part of the reason was part two had some technical issues. So in the second half, we talked to the other members of Le Cassette who were in England and I got them to film their half of the conversation, but I didn't really film Adam and I correctly for that interaction. So it's like, you know when you watch news shows and they're talking to somebody over the satellite, you know, and it does a split screen? And what's happening is both people are looking forward. They're looking directly into the camera. So, and that's how they talk to each other. And that's the way it looks the most correct when you see it happen. But see, Adam and I were still sort of sitting at a table across from each other, and then the other guys were sort of looking into the camera. And so when I tried to edit it together, it just looked really weird because like Adam 
Adam and I were kind of looking off to the side. We were looking at a laptop that was like kind of off screen. Eventually, I just was trying to edit it and going like, man, this just doesn't work. Like it just, it's so wonky. And then I got sidetracked and did other things and I never put out part two. So uh, maybe one of these days I will just just to put it out there so it's there. Or maybe I'll incorporate it into uh, an upcoming episode of The Real Beyond Synth. But yeah, so that's what happened to that. So part two was never actually made. Although there is like a rough cut that exists where there's like some usable footage. And so maybe one of these days. But sometimes it's hard to go back and edit something when you're just done. Like, you know, revisiting that project now, I don't think will yield any benefit for the amount of work that I would have to put into it. You know, it's like it just looks old now. Anyway, that's that, man. So that's what happened to that. Thank you for your question, Mads. So let's listen to some more music. This is Fantasticizer from the album No Way Back. And uh, this little ditty is called Rendezvous.
And that was Rendezvous. <laughs> Rendezvous. Rendezvous by Fantasticizer. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters uh, in the $25 Club. There's Clint Dowling, Mike Shima, Joey and Kendra, Gregorio Franco, and Chris Dance. Why'd I say it like that? Dance. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, thank you guys all for your support, man. It's really awesome. You guys are making Beyond Synth possible, and uh, and it's very uh, special. So so let's give those guys a round of applause. And lady, there's uh, I'm, here we go. I'm clapping. Clint Dowling, Mike Shima, Joey, and Kendra. Gregorio Franco Chris Dance There's pretty weak clapping on my part, I apologize So how about this, you want to go uh, go to the phones? Maybe we'll take like a listener call Might as well, right? This episode is a smorgasbord after all So let's get the, let's get the phone thing fucking working Alright, well who's this on the line, man? Hey, this is uh, Richard Uardi out of Waltham, Massachusetts well, how do you spell Waltham? W-A-L-T-H-A-M. All right, that's what I would have thought. Waltham. <laughs> Waltham. But what goes on in Waltham, Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Well, they have um, an annual steampunk festival every year. Um, do, you, do you like steampunk? Do you have a top hat? <laughs> I'm getting a little fascinated with steampunk over the past few years. You know, you just love that um, old Victorian era aesthetics about it and, you know, all the clothing and it looks really fascinating. You going to get a top hat and some goggles? Yes. <laughs> That's all I really know about steampunk is top hats and goggles. Yeah. And like w- women with like bustiers, but then they also have like uh, top hats and goggles. And more top hats and goggles and there's years. <laughs> so, Richard, what is what is Polar Wildcat Studios? It's like a little um, little small business I have to promote my art and a few other things. You know, I, I draw a lot of anthropomorphic animal art. Even at a time, I designed a mascot for a hockey team out in Moline, Illinois, and had it accepted. So what's the deal with the anthropomorphic animals? I see a bunch of those about on the, the internet and stuff. It's like this fandom, furry fandom. Fans of uh, anthropomorphic or human-like animals, you know, they're fans of human-like animals in one way or another, whether it's like they um, like to watch them watch cartoons of them on TV or um, read books or write books about them. Or, or dress up like big fluffy animals and fuck each other? Oh, God. <laughs> I've yet to see that. Although if they do so, it'll probably be it'll probably like overheat in those fursuits. And... I guess that's a good point. Yeah, it would get pretty hot. Plus, I feel like you'd need a real big dong. The amount of layers that you'd have to like sort of get through just to reach the other person. So I think it would be like, it would be a difficult endeavor. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> How do, you, how do you feel about that, Richard? <laughs> uh, yeah. Good? Is all good? <laughs> Richard does not know what to say about this animal sex endeavor thing. But the bottom line is, you're having a good time out there. Is that correct? Yes. Have you ever heard the song Massachusetts by the Bee Gees? Uh, I have. Not as often as um, Staying Alive and Tragedy, of course. I'm a fan of the Bee Gees' early work. Like, I mean, I like the disco stuff, but I like yeah. their stuff from the 60s, and there's that, that, you know, that... And the lights all went down in Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the 
you're probably wondering about um why I donate six seventy a month to Patreon. Yeah, let me know, man. Is there is there a magical formula here? Well, six one seven is the area code for Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. And I know people will say, Richard, you live in Waltham. That's 781. I am aware of that, but um, I do live adjacent to... Who are these people? <laughs> these are the fucking area code nerds that are just so pedantic about... Uh... <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't put it past them. There's someone who's very nerdy about a lot of things. You know, as we've already just talked about, I mean, there's people who dress up in animal suits and have sex with each other. Ugh. You know, so certain, certainly if they're out doing that... They're out there in those furry conventions all banging away that there's going to be some dude in the corner going like, man, it's not the right area code. It's fucking 415. And then he goes back and has sex with some person in like a big bunny suit. (laughs) I'm a real fun guy to talk to. (laughs) So what else goes on, man? You fucking, uh, were you a young guy? Are you an old guy? I can't tell from people's voices anymore how old they are. I'm 34. Okay, so we're about the same age. So what do you do? You play games? We're actually getting back into gaming, but it's usually uh, just retro gaming. Although some um, modern tiles I've gotten recently, like Cuphead and Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces. In Waltham, they're uh, opening up an arcade there soon called Game Underground which uh, used to be in Natick, Massachusetts, but are now moving Waltham. I like all these Massachusetts references. How'd you feel about Cuphead? I never, I, I love the art style. I've never played it, but I, I thought it looked great. The game is brilliant, you know, and I also love the 1930s cartoon style that has... I know a lot of people were, like, frustrated with certain bosses that they had to fight over and over and over and over and over again. It was a certain boss I had to fight, like, for three hours over and over and over and over and over again until I, you know, finally defeated her and got the soul contract. You need that soul contract, man. <laughs> yeah, you need all the soul contracts. Sweet. What happens when you get them all? The upgrades. You get to fight King Dice, who's the manager of this casino. And after you defeat him, you either get to um, fight the final boss, the devil, or you just give in to him. It's your choice. <laughs> is, there, is there a trophy for either uh, or an achievement? Because you're playing Cuphead, which means you're a Xbox. I play off of Steam. Ooh, Richard is a Steam is a, is a PC master race. <laughs> yeah, there's like uh, two different endings. You know, after you defeat King Dice, uh-huh. you go see the devil, and um, he asks um if you could turn into soul contracts. If you say that you will turn in, you'll get the bad ending. You'll have like devil with um Cuphead and Bugman all possessed. Sweet. And if you refuse, you have to fight the devil. And if you defeat him, you know, you get the good ending. So did you do both? Yes. I did the good ending first. See, you're a good guy. I can I can tell. I can tell you're a good guy. Listen, we're going to listen to some music and then we'll we'll keep talking. How about that? So here is some more music. This is Flashworks from the album Futurisma. And this is Ms. Chapel.
And that was Ms. Chapel by Flashworks. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. There's Jacob Wick with the 2288 and Frank Skinnicky with the 1987. Hampus ML with the 1332. And the lovely Chris Celia Lane with the 1111. And uh, if you want to uh, support Beyond Synth, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth like these lovely people and uh, help out the show. And now I am back on the line with Polar Wildcat Studios. And we're just talking about video games and, you know, those ones where you can kind of like do the good ending and, and the bad ending. But then... Like, I started thinking about it, and, like, I don't really do the bad ending unless it's there's something really significant about playing, like, a, I play on PlayStation, and so with the infamous games, playing the good version and the bad version, you get, like, different powers, and so it really feels like it's sort of two separate things to go back through the story and use all the abilities that you couldn't unlock when you were a good guy and vice versa. But uh, most of the time, I usually play as a good guy. Or like the fucking D&D nerds, like uh, Chaotic Good, you know, when you're like a good guy, but he's kind of got like a Han Solo type, you know? He's still, he'll still shoot a couple people, but he's ultimately a good guy. It's it's the same for uh, Streets of Rage, right? For Genesis? I haven't played that in a long time. I think I remember something about that. No, it's... You get to the... Because I remember when we I was young and I played it with my buddy for the first time and we made it to this one level... And then the bad guy asks you a question at the end of the game. And if you say the wrong answer, they just send you back to level six. I remember we're so pissed off because we were at the last boss. And then he's just kind of like, hey, what do you want? And I I don't even remember what the question was. But I think one of us accidentally hit the wrong thing. Because when you play in two player, both of you have to answer the question. And one of us said yes. And one of us said no. And they just sent us back to level six at the boss. And I was like, fuck. And then we died because, like, (laughs) you know, we were low on lives. Okay. I I think I remember that now yeah still a good game but uh yeah there was another game fucking undercover cop no shit i've talked about this before somebody told me what it was and now i can't remember where the the, the voice sample every time you put in a coin it goes like Esu cops! Esu cops! it's called like undercover cops or something and i remember that game had a thing where you could get to the very end of the game and then you're in like a plane or a train or something and if you like fall out of it then it was just game over like you could just fall out and die and like all your progress up to that point didn't matter because like if you died in this one spot you would no. you'd have to do the the whole thing again not cool zeus not cool mm-hmm <laughs> right man well listen yes we've all had some good times you know i want to i want to thank you for uh, supporting beyond synth you know it uh, means a lot to me to the people who uh, support the show thank you for providing beyond synth well i try my best <laughs> yeah trying best is worth the effort yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man. But it was uh, it was it was nice talking to you. What, what else? Uh, what else goes on over there, man? Um, a lot of restaurants and bars along a particular street in Waltham called Moody Street. What happens there? Not much. Drugs? Nah. You big drug guy? You, you sound like a big nah. drug guy. You just sit around fucking mainlining black tar heroin. Nah, I don't do drugs. <laughs> I just like saying black tar heroin. Sounds funny to say. It's a really not a hor it's a horrible thing, but it's a it's a funny combination of words. Well look, I want you to have a delightful evening. I'll do my best. You go in there and, and, and you you defeat Sonic. Yeah, I beat Sonic Mania, Sonic Forces, yeah. Defeat Sonic. What <laughs> me be on Eggman's side? 
fucking Eggman. I still can't get over the fact that he's called Eggman. Some like, people call him Dr. Eggman. Some people call him Dr. Robotnik. Some people call him Maurice. No, that's the thing, dude. I, I get your musical reference. I, the thing is, I he's Robotnik. Like, Eggman just is stupid. Yeah. Like, I, I get it if it that's closer to the Japanese because they always... But yeah. half the time, you know, when you see the story of the old... Mega Man games and like what the translations were in Japan and they're just fucking weird because they're silly like Eggman sounds stupid Robotnik sounds better and they should just stick with Robotnik and that's my uh-huh. that's my final word on the matter I pretty much agree with you they should just like stick with one name yeah Robotnik Mm-hmm. Eggman is stupid. Like it's just it's it's very unthreatening. I mean, I get that he's a goofy villain, but like Eggman sounds like the name of a child's toy. I mean, I get it. He looks like an egg, but it's like yeah. It, it's dumb. I don't know. I think it's dumb. Richard, I think it's dumb. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, look, you have a lovely evening. And, I'll do my uh, best. Thanks for thanks for calling in, and thanks for supporting Beyond Synth. And thank you. Go to every dory in Massachusetts and kick it in and say, fucking <laughs> support Beyond Synth like me. And then hopefully you'll kick in the door of some rich person that can be my angel investor. <laughs> okay. I'm looking for an angel investor. And so hopefully at some point I'm going to talk to somebody whose uncle is like some fucking oil baron or something. And then we can uh, make some magic happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're off the hook, though, if you don't know any oil barons. But uh, try. Maybe they're all all in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> How close is uh, Massachusetts to Texas? Maybe a couple thousand miles. <laughs> a couple thousand miles. All right. Well, you got your work cut out for you, man. Hop on your bike. Head over to Texas. I suppose I could just <laughs> talk to Hoo Ha because he lives there. But anyway, whatever. It's all good, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, dude. Have a good one, buddy. See ya. All right, and that was my uh, little chat there, a listener call-in with uh, Polar Wildcat Studios. You know, if you want to call in, just let me know. I mean, I opened it up to patrons, like uh, Beyond Synth patrons first, but, uh, you know, you're welcome to call in if you want to. Just email beyondsynth at gmail.com and say listener call-in, and maybe sometime in the future, if I get some time, uh, we can uh, we can do it. That'd be cool, right? So, let's uh, listen to a track, man. This is uh, Dub Mood. Sometimes when I'm in the mood for that chiptune vibe. I listen to some dub mood, and this was from the album Force to Frap. I think I played another track from it uh, earlier this season, and it's good stuff. This is Threat Response by Dub Mood.
was Dub Mood with Threat Response from the album Force to Frap. And that one's cool, and that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters and the $10 Club. It's Fraser Davidson, The Patch Bay, Blake Peterson, Ken Giroux, Martin Larby, Hexen Work, Digital Dreams, Power Loader, Trevor Resnick, Poly Digital, and Halias Garnier. Thank you guys for supporting Beyond Synth. You know, I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. You know, you can uh, join them at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or not it's fine it's a stupid show i understand not wanting to support <laughs> uh you want to do another phone call yeah why not all right well who's this on the line man uh, this is just binkley uh, a new sponsor uh new patreon i should say so what is binkley that's not a real name it's not it's just like my online handle um my real name is jonathan it's much more boring so you're like a you're a new beyond synth Patterson, is that correct? Correct, but I've listened to the show. I've been a freeloader for probably maybe less than a year, but more than half a year. Okay. Well, you should be now a lesson to all those freeloaders who listen to Beyond Synth all these years. Fucking pay up or get out. Exactly, exactly. I think uh, it's the very least I owe you uh, some money. <laughs> well, thank you very much for supporting the show. So what? what is... Uh, What's going on in the life of Binkley? Uh, not much. So I basically don't really make music or anything. So I just listen to the show and I listen to Synthwave. And I actually click like all the links every time you put up an episode to like listen to other tracks by the artists and stuff. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Hey, man. Good. I'm glad someone actually uh, uses those. You know, that's like a lot of the work in putting this show together is getting all those links together. And <laughs> sometimes the artists don't do that themselves. I see. So you'll, you know, you'll go to a Facebook page and then they'll just have a link to their SoundCloud and then their SoundCloud will have a link to their band camp but they don't like put all the links in one place so that's all that's all the fucking behind the scenes stuff but it's good that it's useful it's actually pretty rare to find people who just listen to the show who just actually like the music pretty much a, a lot of the listeners are also like oh i love your talk about video games too i just we won't talk about that one game but i mean i like that one game as well um everyone you know. does man it's a great game that's why have you ever played the uh fucking rom i keep talking about Oh yeah, I have not, but I should. I got it. I have to. I have to figure out how to get emulation working and stuff, right? To do that, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty lazy. It's not too hard, man. I should put a folder online. There's there's a YouTube video <laughs> just for people who are wondering why I'm not specifically naming the game. Uh, it is because that's one of the the rules now on the show is that I don't name it. But it's a particular N64 first person shooting game starring Pierce Brosnan and the the emulated version the the ROM you can get this hacked ROM and there's I think there's a YouTube video that says here's the best way to play and they literally just have links to like the all the stuff oh, sweet. anyway whatever I, we can talk about that later so then what's uh, what are you playing right now man uh, I play a lot of like random modern games I play like a little bit of everything I've been playing a little bit of Overwatch which is the first person shooter I play a little bit of uh, that Dragon Ball fighting game and I play a little bit of uh, Hearthstone so it's a little bit of everything so is this is this on console these are all on console uh, Overwatch is on PC which one's o- is Overwatch the one with like the kind of cartoony characters that everyone's playing yes and it's like a team base it's like 6v6 it's got that girl tracer and it's by blizzard so you know everyone's playing it right is that the one everyone made a big deal about just because there's like a chubby girl in it is that that game that sounds right that sounds okay. right i think may is uh the the chinese girl is is chubby ish yeah i can't tell she wears a coat all the time but i guess underneath she's chubby i, I honestly can't 
it's just like she wears a coat because it's like she's bundled up for the snow right but i guess that's also because she's like she doesn't have that many layers on i have no idea but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So well right. it's one of those things it's i guess it's empowering for chubby people to see chubby people in video games for me i like seeing big muscular people because it, it gives me motivation to and then be ashamed of myself when I can't actually do any exercise. <laughs> but uh, whatever. I'm not. I'm not really too offended about glamorized bodies in video games because every single man I've ever played at in a game has had like a really well toned physique. Yeah, like a six pack or an eight pack. Or yeah, whatever. and I don't. I, I don't. I don't see that as shaming me as a man. Like I just go like, yeah, I'm. I'm playing a fictional like they're heroes they 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 have nice chiseled bodies that's fine with me i don't necessarily like seeing myself represented although i I, although i say that and then whenever i have a create your own character thing like i always try and make me (laughs) and the only time it ever worked was in the godfather 2 really wow for some reason like i'm not italian but like they had this sort of character creator that made like kind of dudes with dark hair and and there was whatever whatever the case was with the sliders I could like literally slide and I did make a dude who actually looked like me in that particular game uh, and that's it that's pretty funny <laughs> there's nothing funnier than when someone's like yeah that's funny we, we just, just over intellectualize the thing that Andy said that wasn't that funny but like you know when you're playing games do you like make your own dudes sometimes and sometimes I don't I don't know it, it really depends on the game and if I feel if it's sci-fi I generally try not to make me because I'm not white I'm an Asian dude so uh I feel like that's much easier in a sci-fi setting than in like a lot of the fantasy settings, although it's, it seems to be better. <laughs> well, that's not true. If you play like, uh, no, everything I say right now is going to be horribly offensive. <laughs> <laughs> we change the subject to something else. <laughs> no, it's fine. Jade I like talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> I played that game. I know that. Yeah, no, there, there's just certain games with character creators where the sometimes it's hard to make someone look normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, the Elder Scrolls games, for example, have these sort of strange character creators. Fallout was a bit better i think it's a bit better i think it got better as, as it went on because technology got better yeah but there are still better ones at the time i mean like when i played oblivion it's really hard in that game to actually like make someone look normal and i don't know what the deal was with their like face creator but everyone just looked really strange but it didn't matter because i'd always i it's a i play it in first person so i don't know why i, I like character customization even in games where like you never actually see your guy <laughs> so are you like what is, is this are you an xbox guy or playstation guy i'm a playstation guy and then i wish i had a better computer to play more games on the pc but it is what it is. Yeah, well, you know, you can dial all the knobs to nothing. Yeah, that's what I do. And then if you're really into retro games, you can just make the new games look like retro games or just like putting the graphics down to fucking zero. And anyway, look, we got to listen to some music, man. That's what this show is all about. So let's listen to a track. Here's another cool one from Thomas Brandon. I think I played one a few uh, a few weeks ago, but this guy makes awesome music. This one's called Good Game.
And that was Good Game by Thomas Brandon. And that, of course, is brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. In the $10 Club, there's Murat, Playmaker Media, Ashley Keegan, Greg Smith, Fucking Slunks! Will Lowe, Winfield, and Colin Bennett. And then maybe we'll also do the Lucky 777. It's the Rosconian and Skywolf. And with the 669, Hugh Jones, 69. And I am back here. We're on the line. We're doing a listener call-in show today, although I said I was only going to do one or two. Um, and uh, we're on the line right now with Binkley. Is there like other fun things you do or what? Oh, and then another thing I do is I do I do pinball a lot. And I think you, I think you interviewed what's his name? Was it Laserhawk who's like really good at pinball? That sounds right. <laughs> what's his name? Yeah, uh, yeah. Laserhawk's a big pinball guy. He like uh, participates in tournaments and things. I'm horrible at pinball. They have this thing in Toronto. This is arcade bar called Tilt that I go to sometimes and. They were trying to get me to play pinball there last time, and I I just suck at it. Like, I've never understood pinball, really, because I haven't played it enough. I just don't get it. I know it's a weird thing to say, but it's like, you know, when I'm at a pinball machine and I'm hitting the things, like, I just don't get, like, how hard you hit the thing and where the ball is supposed to be in relation to the paddle to make it go in the direction you want it to go. So I just pretty much just slap the things. Like, flail away. Yeah, I know how you feel, because I was like that two years ago. I've only really gotten good, like, in the last year. I went from like doing knowing nothing to knowing a lot. It, it's a really small community, so everyone's pretty nice, and they'll they'll tell you things and give you tips. And especially here, in, uh, I'm in Southern California. There's a, a lot of good machines and a lot of people with like private collections and stuff in their houses and stuff. It's really interesting. What is like the one secret? Do, do you do you have like one piece of advice? You know, like when you go bowling and you're shitty, and someone will be like, "What you have to do is actually just stand to the left of where you want to throw." You know, is there something like that for pinball? Like a yeah, be- beginner's totally trick. Is. Yeah, there totally is. The secret to pinball, I would say, is you don't always have to hit the flipper when the ball's coming at you. You can just let it bounce off the flipper, and sometimes that's, like, way better than hitting the flipper. Oh. You can let it bounce, and then, like, it will slow down, or sometimes it'll bounce and just go somewhere where you wanted it to go anyways. It's, like, really powerful to just to learn that, just to learn not to do anything, and then you can get control of it way easier. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to try. Like, I, I've... I've been made aware of these sort of little pinball tournaments that happen around the city, and there's one that's kind of near my... I mean, not that I'm going to go into a tournament, but it's interesting <laughs> to go like chat with people who are playing pinball and go to one of those nights in those places where it's like right. free pinball if you just pay like five bucks to... Yeah, you're in Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there should be tons of cool pinball or barcades, I, I would imagine. Yeah, no, there's a few. I just, uh, I very rarely go out. I just picked up Far Cry 5, so I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to oh, play you. that for a while. It's a good game. There's uh, one pinball you should try to play. It's called Total Nuclear Annihilation. It's like the Synthwave pinball. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. The guy, like, designed it from, like, he designed, I think, the music, the art package, the game, and then, like, it was, like, a custom table, and he finally got someone to, like, publish it, and they started making the machines about, like, a year ago, and it basically has a synthwave soundtrack. You can listen to it on Spotify. It, it's super, and it has, like, a whole, like, 80s outrun or vaporware. I don't know the difference from all those things, but it's, like, that kind of art package and stuff. You should, like, try to find, try to find like, a YouTube video of it. It's pretty cool. Well, if you want to know the difference, uh, vaporwave is the shitty one. Okay, got it. And outrun is the cool one. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> 
No, uh, uh, people like their vaporwave. Vaporwave is the stuff that sounds like slow slow motion music. Okay. I mean, it's not to say that it's all. But now I'm just being diplomatic. I I I don't love it, but uh, but people seem to like it. It's it's the kind of music you would imagine if you got shot with a tranquilizer dart. <laughs> I see. And as you were dropping to your knees, and like you see the people like taking your family away, like that's the music that you would like hear in the background as you like passed out. It's just like 80s music that's just like slowed down. Okay. And a lot of times they actually like sample actual music and just slow it down oh okay gotcha that's good to know because i don't know any of the definitions (laughs) they don't matter (laughs) (laughs) they don't matter to the person who's running the synthwave show yeah it's all the same (laughs) well to me i just like cool electronic music so when it gets down to all these like minute differences in genres i'm uninterested although people have been mad at me before I can see that. For dismissing uh, genres when I'm just like, to, to me, the genre sounds like a different brand of techno with a slightly different beat, but to other people, it's very distinctive music, and so I, I don't want to get in trouble anymore. Fair enough. That's it. Yeah, man. But look, I'll tell you what, I'll play some music that is cool, or at least according to me. It's a track by uh, 7DD9 from the album Incomplete Circle, and this is Nights of Thunder.
And that was Knights of Thunder by 7DD9. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, the Mark of the Beast. Or I should say the Donation of the Beast. These are all the people who donate $6.66 a month. Let's play the jingle. This is the Donation of the Beast. All right. Satan. These are all the people who donate $6.66 every month, compelled by Bizzlybub to... Is that how you say it? Biz, Bizzlebub? Bizzlybub? I mean, he can go sit on attack as far as I'm concerned. Uh, listen, there's Ross Pentland, Moose Knox, Rob Dyson, Street Cleaner, Orlando, Rodriguez Knife, Till Wild, Straylight, Carm, Lucas Ceballos and Renton Brax. And uh, rounding it out there with the 617, it's Polar Wildcat Studios, who we just talked to because we're doing a listener call in show. But right now, we are still chatting with Binkley. So, uh, so what else, man? What, uh, what else happens in the life of uh, Binkley? The life of Binkley is tomorrow he has to go buy, uh, mid, uh, what is it? The Midnight just announced a tour. So mm. I have to go buy some tickets for the local venues around here. I think the tour starts on like September. Yeah, it's not for a while. I think the Toronto date is October. So, wow. I guess I'll guess I gotta buy some tickets. <laughs> Are you gonna see them? Cool. Yeah, I would like to. It'd be cool to to say hi, I guess. I gotta well whatever. That's other stuff that I have to fucking arrange in the background. <laughs> so what do you do? Do you do you work? Yeah, I work. I'm a I'm a computer programmer. It's uh it's a pretty boring job. But it pays, pays the bills. Is this something you do from home, or are you in a factory? No, I go. I work in higher education, so I have to like go to the office, which is just a corporate office. Even though it's like higher, I work for a university. Mm. It's like uh, any other office. It's basically like there's a lunch room and all sorts of stuff. It's like literally like an episode of like The Office. What do you program? I program a bunch of backend systems and like uh, custom databases and stuff. There's basically all these systems, and I make them all talk to each other. Because there's no like built-in stuff for all these different systems to talk to each other, and I make them all talk to each other, and so we can do reports and all sorts of things. Is it is it rewarding? It's rewarding in a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is quite rewarding in terms of like I feel that I don't work super hard, but I get paid pretty decently. But I don't know. I, I, I worry about the future sometimes, and uh, maybe maybe things will change in the future. We'll we'll see. Well, here's hoping you climb the ranks. And then become a very important CEO at this establishment so that you can make lots of money and become a Beyond Synth angel investor. Yes, that's right. I know you talk about this uh, during the Patreon. I'm looking forward to the, uh, what is it, the $10,000 a month donation when I do that. Yeah, man, this is the thing I'm trying to tell everyone now. Like, pretty much everyone else's success can be my success through some sort of uh, elaborate pyramid scheme. Not even an elaborate pyramid scheme. It's pretty much just a straight line scheme. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where, just, just, you're at the top, right? It just goes straight. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not much Doesn't matter of a, what level you joined at. It just all goes up. No, and it's not much of a pyramid, but that's the thing now. So I want everyone to succeed and become very successful people so they can give me money. <laughs> that's hey, it makes sense. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, At least you're honest. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm sort of like the internet version of like street trash. <laughs> the internet version of street trash. Okay. <laughs> you should put that in the tagline of the show. Yeah, that'll be my new hashtag. Just fucking, <laughs> just fucking street trash. Andy last. Yeah, man. Well, listen, 
it, thanks thanks for supporting the show uh you know it's it's nice that people uh do that and uh and uh, thanks for calling in yeah no thanks for having me i really appreciate it and working me to the schedule and all that it's been great is there anything you want to say before i hang up on you I guess uh, play more pinball. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Sure, let's go with that. All right, man. I'm going to play more pinball at the behest of Binkley. Um, behest, is that correct? That sounds right to me. All right. <laughs> I don't really know. I'll be honest. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm, I'm off to the uh, to the internet dictionary. Anyway, you have a lovely uh, evening over there in Western United States. You have a good uh, a good night in Toronto. I'll see you around. All right, man. Thank you. All right, and that was my chat with Binkley a fun little show, eh? Doing listener call-ins. I don't know if we can do another one, because I have no time to fucking edit this show. Maybe maybe we'll do another one. I don't know. We'll see. It's very disorganized over here right now. If you saw my desk, it's just covered with papers. It's a shambles. It's like that film uh, Paper Desk Johnson, where the dude um, I was gonna... <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't think of... <laughs> I couldn't think of a beautiful mind. <laughs> so... <laughs> you'll have to do with Paper Desk Johnson. <laughs> Anyway, listen, okay, so I got this song, I, I don't know how I came across it, there's there's several people who I'm on like some mailing lists for different promoters, and so, so and I'll go through these emails because I get like a bunch of them, anyways, uh, this is a song by Spray, I think I've played a Spray track before because the dude in it, Ricardo, did a collab with Kid Casio, is that right? My memory is shit! Anyways, the bottom line is, this song just got stuck in my fucking head, man. It just got stuck in my head. That's that's all there is to it. I don't really know what it means. It's called Anthologized by Cherry Red by Spray. And I I think maybe they're talking like Cherry Red was a, was a label? Maybe that's what they mean by this song? Anyway, I have no idea what it means. Maybe that's what it is. Who cares? I don't care. The, I've never been a stickler for what lyrics mean. But if a song is catchy, and this one is catchy, man. So dig it. This is Anthologized by Cherry Red by Spray. Once I was crucified, now I'm dead set. to play. 
And that was anthologized by Cherry Red by Spray. I don't know what that means, but it that chorus gets stuck in my head, man. So that's my criteria for music I play. It's like if it's catchy and cool, man, that's what gets the, the juices flowing. Ugh. I really should vet my brain first before I say things. I feel like uh, I'm very liable to get myself into trouble. I'm going to take a sip of this uh, French vanilla. Ah, what was that? Did I say I was off caffeine? Hmm. Well, fuck you. <laughs> so what should we do? Should we read a junk email? We have not done that in a while either. Let's read a junk email. Here we go. Here's a quick one. Good day. I apologize that broke the Mangdilantalibi, especially with this medium that I contact a business transaction of this magnitude. So just to be clear, there's this weird word that's Mangdilantalibi. I apologize that broke the Mangdilantalibi. And it's got two accents over the E's and the A. Anyway, 
I apologize that broke the magnolentula bee, especially with this medium that I contact a business transaction of this magnitude, but because of the severity and urgency, so I needed for me to ask for help. U.S. dollars, 5.2 billion U.S. dollars, which was left out late client, who is from your country and bears the same last name as you. Come back to me for more details. Regards, Joel Friendly Canoe. <laughs> All right, that's an amazing middle name, dude. Friendly. Joel Friendly Canoe. <laughs> Listen, Canoe, there's no need to apologize for the broken Magna Talentula Bee, all right? I didn't even notice, and I still don't even know what that is, so it's not your fault. Let's listen to another song. Here's one from We Are Magonia, and uh, it's called Ground Is The Limit.
And that was Ground is the Limit by We Are Magonia. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. In the $5 Club, there's Bobson Dugnut. <laughs> there's Andrew Tukas, Rachel Buchelman, Sergio Matai, Binkley. Hey, we just talked to Binkley. Sven Bomanis, City Bat. Christopher Albert, Daniel Dexius, Star Nomad, Michelle Vasquez, Tim Ross, Neon Knox, Damian Rudies, Phil Clothier, Lee McConnell, and Zychorax. Thank you all for donating to Beyond Synth. It means a lot to me. And you can join them and help out at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. But I'm not going to pressure you because I'm not that kind of a guy. Hey, who wants to hear me fuck with telemarketers? <laughs> How's that for a segue? Uh, some telemarketers called the other day trying to sell me some shit, and I recorded the interaction. So I apologize. The audio quality isn't great, but uh, it, it is what it is. Hello? 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 Yeah, this is Jack calling you from Rogers Keeper. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? That's good, sir. And I'm also fine. Thank you for asking. Basically, the reason I'm calling to let you know, sir, Rogers Cable has launched our new promotion in just $99 per month. We are offering a completely bundle of our phone, internet, and home cable. The best thing is that the price will be remained as for one year without a contractual basis, sir. Well, that sounds great! Hello? Is <laughs> this some kind of cable plan? Sir, are you listening to me or not? <laughs> is this some kind of phone plan? Sir, it's a plan of three things. Home phone, internet, and home cable in just $99 per month. Okay? 99 Yeah, $99 per month. Hoo-hoo-hoo-wee! What a deal! Yep. Which services are you using right now, sir? I use the telephone and I use the internet. Okay. Woo-wee! Okay. <laughs> the World Wide Web! All the services from Bell? <laughs> the Bell Phone Company. Sorry? You'd better believe it. <laughs> You'd better believe it. <laughs> Hello? 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 Yes, we haven't talked since last year. How are you? <laughs> we haven't talked since last year. <laughs> yes. It's been a long time, old friend. Yes. How are you? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Who's this? Yeah. Who is on the telephone today? <laughs> yeah, 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 just wait a second. Hello? Hello? Hi, dear. Uh, thank you very much for connecting with you, the senior manager. How are you? There seems to be something wrong with your connection. All right, and that was me fucking with telemarketers. Uh, maybe that'll be a new segment, because they do call me all the time. You know the thing that sucks? Is I actually recorded a whole bunch of these, and I think in the process of when I swapped computers, like, you know when you sync your your devices, like your, your, your iPhone with your Mac or whatever, and then sometimes there's these things that just kind of get lost in the ether, and I think I lost a whole bunch of them, which is too bad, but, uh, but that one was funny anyways. I think we will do one more listener call. We'll listen to a song first, and then we'll do, we'll do another call, okay? So here's one. 
one from Vector 7, and it's called Hidden Dragon. This is from the album Delta City.
All right, and that was Vector 7 with the track Hidden Dragon from the album Delta City, and that's cool. And that was, of course, uh, brought to you by my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Brad Neiman, Facehugger, Marco Cranendonk, Corey Valentine, Timothy Pierce, Starlight Fisher, Barons of Santa Carla, Rawpud, Tristan Waits, and Dana Jean Phoenix. So, thank you all for your support of Beyond Synth. Let's take another call. All right, well, who's this on the line, man? It's Martin Larby. Martin Larby. That's the one, Larby. I don't know why that name makes me want to do that. I did wonder for about five weeks, and then I just gave up wondering. Yeah, I like, I don't have an answer. Like, I wish I did. A lot of the <laughs> things that happen in my head are so random that there's no... Maybe I saw a show where somebody's name was Larby. What's the... There's so many different accents in England, but what's the one where someone would say it like that? Like, Larby! Probably the the West Country. Like, Larby! Kind of like, it's almost pirate, yeah. but not quite pirate. Yeah. It's like pirate farmer. Yeah. <laughs> pirate farmers. I like that. Does that even work? What's that? Well, I mean, like, is part of the deal of being a pirate is that you're always, like, on the go? Like, can you be a pirate that lives somewhere? I don't think so. I guess, as far as I know, like, my dad used to be a farmer, so I grew up on a farm, and I, all <laughs> I can remember is he was out all hours doing something, and I guess pirates are out mm-hmm. all hours pillaging and whatever. I don't really ask him what, what, what he did in those days, but it might well be, but he did settle down eventually. It took some time. I was hoping you were going to say your dad used to be a pirate. No, I tr- he tried it. It didn't work out. Can't swim. That's the problem. <laughs> so, man, thank you know, uh, thank you for supporting Beyond Synth uh, all this time and stuff. That's nice of you. What do you do, man? Tell me about Martin Larby. Martin Larby lives in what is actually a beautiful day in London today. We've got some sunshine. I work, you, you know, like uh, probation, like parole. Mm-hmm. I'm basically a sort of a parole officer, but I deal with people that are in prison rather than before they before they come out so yeah I kind of make sure that the people inside are doing the right thing and that when we let them out of prison that we're not going to send them to the wrong place so they're going to end up getting shot or shoot somebody so Mm -hmm. I do that with a bunch of other people and we look after the the whole of South London so it's quite a bit of work oh so you have like a serious job sadly so yeah (laughs) that's what that's what people keep saying to me you know I used to work for a bank which of course everyone knows is a bullshit job but so I kind of Mm -hmm gave that all in and actually decided to do something that was, you know, for the community. Well, you seem like a real cool guy, man. I don't think I could do a a real job. I worked at a bank once myself. That was like my last real job. It's good money in a bank, but I think you've got to kind of sell your soul when you're trying to sort of sell people credit cards and loans and all this stuff they just don't need. Yeah, also, but I didn't didn't have the job like that in the bank. I worked in the basement (laughs) where we had to like sort money from envelopes. Basically like, you know, uh, when you put an envelope i just said envelope and envelope i said it both ways when you when you go to the bank you know and you're putting like cash in the machine you kind of have a little envelope that you put in yeah and i worked at the basically the place where all those got deposited so like all the armored trucks would like show up with big bags because they'd go into the machines and bring them all to this like central location and then we'd literally just have to put money and count money and look at the way people try and fuck the bank over which is really funny because like all the people like all the scumbags who try and like steal money like they have the same tricks yeah they'll put an envelope in 
to the bank machine, but they'll just fill it with like scrap paper, and then they'll say they just deposited like three hundred bucks, and then they'll <laughs> withdraw three hundred cash like seconds later. Okay, it's obviously very easy to spot when someone does that, and so it's funny that people try and like uh, get away with it. So you weren't tempted to do like in that uh, scene in Casino when the guys are all out the back putting the money through the the money checking thing and skimming sort of skimming off the top. <laughs> Dude. I just watched Casino the other day. Mm-hmm. That movie's great, but but that scene at the start of the film... With the explosion? Yeah, like, <laughs> I know people shit on George Lucas for what he did to Star Wars, but I don't actually have a problem with people going back in and, like, fixing broken special effects or, or things that weren't right. I actually don't have a problem with that. The problem I have with what George Lucas did was that he he actually, like, changed the tone of sequences. Mm. You know, he changed the edit, basically. I have no problem with people going back and going, hey, you know what? We can see the wires when this person is flying in the air. Hey, why don't we just CGI those wires out? They don't change the edit. They don't fucking... And then you have to still include the original version on the release. So if people really don't want to see the... They still want to see the wires because that's their nostalgia, fine. Sure. Why I'm why I'm saying this is they got to go into casino and they got to fix that stupid explosion because it is so obviously a dummy. It's ridiculous. It's a bit it's a bit much. I think I, I, I can't remember the first time I saw it, but I'm sure the first time I saw it, I probably would have been, been a bit younger. I'm what like 34, so I don't remember there being a time when I didn't notice it. So even way way back when when it first came out, there was still probably no excuse for saying you know come on just a little tighter edit, Martin. You know he, he, he's quite a Scorsese. He's a he's a talented man. Man, he's done some good movies, but, you know, if he can't do that, then I'm, I'm a bit concerned, really. It just seems at this point when it's that obvious, that's like comedy <laughs> skit. Fuck, there's this amazing, one of my favorite things of all time was in Monty Python, the Flying Circus show. There's this skit, I think it was called like Scott of the Sahara, and there's this scene where Michael Palin is wrestling with a lion. It's like the funniest, because it's it's just all just terrible editing. And so like you see, they show you this old National Geographic footage <laughs> of like a lion leaping. And then the next shot, they throw a stuffed lion at him. <laughs> and then he's wrestling with the stuffed lion. And then all of a sudden, there's a hard cut. And then it cuts to a guy, like, in sort of like a mascot lion type suit mm-hmm. who continues the fight by, like, punching and kicking and stuff. So whenever I see movies where it's like there's, a, there's an obvious dummy for a joke, and then when I watch casinos, it's like, if this was a comedy skit, I would have laughed at that beat going, like, haha, I can tell where they switched them. Mm. And it would take two seconds. I'm not a super talented special effects artist. But in After Effects, you could literally just, like, take the last few frames of Robert De Niro in the car and then just extend them for, like, the three frames needed to cover over, like, the dummy sequence? Exactly. I think, because I, I, did, I did film studies when I was in, yeah. uh, I guess, what would be kind of college here, but high, maybe, like, high school age over there, and we had to make a movie. And I made this movie, and the editing on it was so bad. The, the, the basic premise was there was this guy who was kind of, he was depressed, his wife had left him, and there was this scene where I did a zoom in on his eye and it was just using this old shitty camcorder it zoomed in on the eye and then it, mm. it zoomed out on this bowl of beans that he was eating and there was like a merge in the middle mm-hmm. it was trying to be artsy it was just it just looked like shit <laughs> and there's it was so bad and i left this in the final edit there's one bit where i'm just there and in background you can hear me go shit because i've dropped something and i didn't even i didn't even have the effort to like <laughs> edit it out i just left it and i'm handing it in and she gives me a c as a final grade and i felt a little bit like i kind of felt a bit bad about it and then suddenly realized that you know what you completely deserved that c number one you're swearing in it anyway and it was a high school kind of project but 
I've, I've still got a copy of it on VHS upstairs. I can't bring myself to watch it. Oh, you got it, man. I still have the movies I made in high school, except mm. for one tape. I've told the story on the show before. And it still angers me to this day that during my sort of angsty uh, teenage years, I destroyed a VHS tape for no good reason. Like, there was no reason mm. other than just, hey, I'm going to smash this tape. And that tape had on it the movies I made from about 12 to 15, maybe. Yeah. And it really annoys me that that doesn't exist anymore because they were really funny like the ones i made when i was a kid they're just lame like it's just me pretending to be doctor who and they're not good like right. they're, they're just boring to watch but the ones i made when i was 12 to 14 were like action movies and like sci-fi and stuff and they would have been horrible but they would have at least been like funny because they were structured like little videos i mean it sucks it still depresses me that i fucking how about this let's uh let's listen to some music <laughs> And well, <laughs> cuz now I'm all depressed. I want to be I want to be lightened up here. So let's listen to a track. This is Discotech by Sub Morphine from the album Somewhere Nowhere.
And that was Disco Tech by Sub Morphine from the album Somewhere, Nowhere. And that is a cool song, and that was brought to you by my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Stu M., Night Raptor, Simon Norberg, Matthew Lister, Dougie Fresh, Bobby B., Cunning Corvid, Roman, Joe and Lando, and Kai. Thank you all for your support of Beyond Synth. And of course, we're doing listener calls. I'm on the line right now with Martin Larby, and uh, we were talking about uh, film school and uh, and making films, you know, early on. And you know, as we were talking about sort of that artsy that some people have that sort of like artsy inclination to make, you know, like artsy style movies. And I feel like, I mean, I think everyone, it's like, it's something that you just have to get out of your system. Cause I went to a film school too, but I liked making movies a lot when I was young. So I got the artsy part of me out of my system in high school. Mm. By the time I went to college, when there was other people who were just in film school for the, you know, like out of high school going to college they were still in their artsy phase and I was beyond it because I I, I made like a super artsy film in high school that was like black and white it's my dad's favorite thing that I've ever made and he still talks about it but it's like this this it can't I don't even think it can be pretentious yeah. because I was too young. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think pretension comes with a certain amount of um, sure. comprehending what you're actually doing. Whereas I was just making a weird, I, I think I'd probably just watched Lost Highway, like, you know, the month earlier and was just like, hey, we'll make a weird black and white movie with like weird people in some house and there'll be like ghosts and shit. And, but what's my point? Yeah. So, but the point is, yes, yeah, so I think everyone has it in them. You know, when they take a film course or whatever, like they, they want to do that film where there's some dude staring out of a window and it plays sad music and you just have to do it. But the earlier you can get it out of your system, the better probably. Definitely. I think there, there was a lot of kids like that, I suppose, because I would have been maybe 17 at the time when I did it. And there were a lot, a, yeah. lot, a lot of kids in there and it was sort of the Tarantino era and that kind of thing. And so when we used to do projects on like auteurs, you had to kind of pick which auteur you wanted and everyone's just picking sort of Cameron or um, or Tarantino. And so, and there was a little bit of pretension in there, but then because it was a bit later on for me, but I, I would have thought that it would have got me some ladies but it didn't really seem to work. What I did notice, the kind of girls that were in those in those classes, they were just a bit weird, really. You didn't really want to spend much time with them. <laughs> no, honestly, um, I noticed, and I know we're living in a funny time now for pointing out stereotypes, but... Yes, true. But when I was in film school, it was so true. Like, I could literally look at people and go, you're a film student, you're a photography student, because they had a different look to them. Mm. Film school students had a look. And the hot girls... Hot girls take the standard things like they were in. I don't even want to say this because it's like offensive now, but this just this was a fucking fact. You mean like fashion and stuff like that? Fashion, yeah. So all yeah, all the pretty girls were in fashion, and that's just the fact of the matter. That's just the way it was. But the thing was, they weren't cool girls, and they were not interested in weird guys like me, right? Sure. So I would gravitate towards kind of the artsy girls who were. This is a hard thing to talk about in this <laughs> day and age. It's like I want I want to have a candid conversation, and it's like no, can't say that, can't say that, can't say that. Even if it's true, you can't say it. Look, the bottom line is this: you found your people. You found yeah. your people. Yes. How's that? <laughs> Does that work? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, well, it's cool. It's cool that you uh, you do uh, noble work. We try to. We try to. I think you know, London's a tough place to get that kind of stuff to get it right we've got a lot of kind of problems here and such like that and I remember when I, when I first moved sure. up here I used to live in a kind of quiet little town on the south coast of England everyone was saying to me why are you coming to London to do that kind of work but I enjoy it it's great it's tiring but I do a, a lot of stuff in my kind of off time 
to balance it out. So some people might say it's noble work. I find it quite interesting. I, I, I find sort of criminals and that kind of stuff. It, it interests me and in how, how their brains work and that, that sort of thing. So you're sitting there with a person and uh, you're sort of prepping them for them being sort of released. So it's like it's part of the thing where you just sit down and like go, all right, now uh, when you get out, you know, what's the first thing you're going to do? And they're like, I'm going to fucking stab him, gov. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> you're going to want to go out and get a job first, right? Like that? Yeah, I think over, over the years, it's been exactly that. I think I've been, I've done the job in different guises and there have been times when I've I've done some of the work once they've come out and I've been sort of cornered in rooms where you, you're stuck in there with a really angry person and they never anything with sort of knives or anything like that face to face but certainly you got big dudes big big dudes that are quite intimidating in front of you but yeah you got to stop people from deciding they want to go and stab each other and unfortunately a lot of that does happen up here yeah 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 it sort of makes the joke i just made uh, really unfortunate Damn, i just realized i should have kept that light <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically they're like fucking hell, governor. Do you know what I mean? I was just let him out the door and like fucking mate, do what you want. There you go. Is that right? <laughs> Sometimes people don't understand. See, the world is a very can be a very serious and crazy place, and mm. you have to deal with it with a sense of humor because that's really the only way unless you want to be sort of absorbed in the void which doesn't mean you can't be empathetic to people but sometimes absolutely and i think what, what i've noticed there's a certain type of person that works in the line of work that i work in and you know a lot of them have had kind of crazy childhoods and sort of weird stuff going on and just sort of maybe dysfunctional childhoods which means that maybe they want to go out and help people but all in all they've, everyone's got a pretty dark sense of humor but they're all good people that just want to help out really so it's quite nice to be surrounded by those type of people during you know during work life nice do you ever have one of those like cinematic success stories when you're like helping out some troubled youth and then you saw him years later and he's like was an upstanding kid and he's like thanks and he gives you a handshake <laughs> it's kind of funny you say that there, there was one case that i did think that happened and i and i was i always remember this guy and like we'd done some good work together and he was with me for about a year and a half and i was like excellent and then as the years have gone by and i changed jobs i was working with someone and his name popped up and i was like oh i know that guy and they're like well i worked with him a few years ago and he was doing really well and he said well he's just done this this and this and he's back with us so he must have done a pretty shit job and so it kind of you know you feel a bit deflated so I, I thought mm. I was doing good in the world but maybe you know sometimes just a little bit well, here and a little bit there it makes a difference I don't know some people have these lives and it's hard to because I know some people you know who get themselves into trouble and you don't want to say uh, it's it's their fault. That's It's unfair to sort of put that on some people where you go like, oh, this person's always doing this stuff. But at the same time, some people just have lives that just put them in the position to be in these sort of bad situations. And sometimes it's mm. it's not their fault. Like maybe they grew up in a shitty neighborhood or had shitty parents or whatever, and, they, and they're basically trapped. But... It's interesting because like, cause I'll, I'll know people who they'll just tell me these stories and I'll just be like, well, how, why the fuck did that happen to you? Like, how, how is it that this shitty thing keeps happening to you and it doesn't happen to me? And then I think, well, I'm not putting myself in these weird neighborhoods at weird times doing weird things. And sometimes that's what other people just do. That's their life. And so it's hard to grapple with that because you're always thinking about it from your own point of view. And so someone can tell me like, oh, you know, I'm back on fucking Coke again or something. I'm like, why? And it's because they're hanging out with fucking Coke heads. And it's like, well, yes. And that's why I'm not because I'm not doing that. And their life just seems to 
put them in that path. Definitely. I think what's interesting is when when I train people to do the jobs, I've been doing it for quite a long time now. When I train people to do the job, you, you have to teach people to kind of remember not to put their own like unconscious bias into a situation. So you might not think that you're being biased towards somebody or a certain type of crime or whatever, but you might automatically be doing out doing it without realizing. So it's all about people sort of checking themselves in at the door and rethinking to themselves, right, okay, I'm sat in front of this sort of guy. He's done this sort of crime. Am I actually behaving differently toward this person because of what he's done? And am I giving him the same opportunities? You know, am I treating him the same way as everybody else? So there's a lot going on when you're kind of in a room with someone that I think on the surface of it, it just looks like a chat. But then I think for some, there's quite a lot of training that goes into making sure that people can be do it fairly and do it well, I guess safely to be serious. Yeah, I'm not so good at serious, I don't think. I don't think that's my forte. But I tell you what is, man, we got to listen to another track because uh, it's uh, it's song time here. So let's listen to this song by Street Cleaner. And this is from the album Revenger. I think I actually did some voiceover for the trailer for this thing, which was uh, which was funny. And uh, I love this track just because, you know, you know, I love Robocop. And this is Bitches Leave by Street Cleaner. Bitches leave.
And that was Bitches Leave by Street Cleaner from the album Revenger. And uh, and that's obviously a, a cool track. And we're back doing listener calls. And I'm here chatting with Martin Larby. And you were just talking about your job. And it's very serious. And you, you obviously, you you deal with, with criminals. You're trying to sort of like ease them back into society. And I just think like... As a person, I'm really curious as to why people do certain things. Mm. Because there's certain crimes I can just understand, you know, like theft and things like this, where you're just like, I get it. Like, you fucking needed some money or you're a crackhead or something. Like, there's certain things that I can I can sort of understand. But then there's certain crimes where I just wonder, like, geez, I mean, like, why? Like, uh, like I, I, w- I would be asking probably more questions than I would be uh, saying things. Like, I would be just so curious to, like, learn people's stories and figure out, like, how the hell they got to, like, that point. Definitely. And, and, and very, very often you get... Sort of with with most people that come through our our side of work, you get at least a, a year, maybe sometimes more, to do that sort of work with people. So you can do it slowly and carefully. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a bit of an inquisitive mind. You, you've got to want to know, mm-hmm. and certainly you've got to you've got to maybe understand the sort of stuff these people go through as well. But it's yeah, it, all in all, it's quite a. It, it can be quite rewarding. There's some good stuff that comes out of it, and I think sometimes all you, all you need is one little victory to make all the bad stuff, you know, kind of worthwhile. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I wouldn't still be doing it if I didn't like it. I don't think. No, I mean, like it's uh, it is noble work. Mm, thank you, man. Uh, you know, that's a cool thing. It's I'm. I mean, what do I do for fuck's sakes? I uh, I'm sitting here in some Ghostbusters pajamas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's on them? Okay, well, it's just basically pictures of Ecto One and the Ghostbusters logo, and stay puffed. Okay. I post. Posted, um, or I reposted anyways, like a little clip of that time I tried to fix my iMac. Right. And I cracked the screen. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing my Ghostbusters pajamas in that one. They sound like a relaxing kind of house trouser. I call them house trousers. I've got a couple of pairs myself that would never leave the front door in. I thought, like, I drove around to the store in some the other, the other day, but I wouldn't have got out of the car if I didn't have to. They kind of stay within the vicinity of the house. Well, you seem like a dapper dude. I saw the picture you posted there with the Beyond Synth mug. Yeah, I, roll, I rolled that out. I was going to see my mum for the day. That was a new jacket. So I thought, well, and it's funny, I, I wear that, I've worn that to work a few times and people are expecting me to kind of have some kind of hunting rifle with me or something like this kind of British, you know, wearing welly boots and, and jodhpurs and strolling in on a horse, that kind of thing. You need a, you need a Sherlock hat and a pipe. Exactly that. And I, that sounds stereotypical, but I think that's exactly what people were expecting when I when I walked in. But yeah, thanks for sending the mug. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I've been waiting to buy one for ages. So it's been... Um, it was cool. I've, I'm, gonna, I'm going on a few holidays this year, so I kind of had this weird thought in the back of my head that I could take the mug on every trip and take a picture <laughs> of it in all these really random sort of crazy places. Some, some of it's for Synthwave, but some of it's just like holidays. And I thought as long as it doesn't break, I could stick it in my luggage and, and take it around all these trips with me and send, send you the pictures or something. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. I like the idea. I'm building up a collection of uh, photos with people with the mugs. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but uh, I, I run a pretty shitty... like. I'm not a good businessman right so i got to figure out how to make these mugs work for me because uh right now it's uh, it's not a very um lucrative enterprise not lucrative yeah. enough <laughs> no jack up the prices that's, that's the first thing no, right? jack up the there, prices already, or jack down the, the quality that's the problem with <laughs> mugs man like i don't know why a mug was the thing i chose to do right because like i pretty much sell them almost like at like like they're already expensive like to buy mm. And so it's like whenever I do the orders for people, I'm just thinking like, wow, I just did like <laughs> like half an hour of work and I made like a dollar or something like up the money. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. <laughs> 
Well, I, 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 it always buys more Ghostbusters pajamas, though, right? You can you can never have enough of those. No, these were a gift. I, I don't know if I would have bought them myself. I don't really buy too many clothes. Once I have clothes, I'll just wear them until they disintegrate. I'm exactly the same. I, it's, weirdly enough, my, my girlfriend, had a, she was working from home today, and she's just gone out. And I got back, and she's like, look, I bought you some clothes to go on holiday with because you won't <laughs> buy yourself any clothes. And literally, the only thing I've brought for myself maybe in the last six months is I bought a load of Piccolo Joe t-shirts. Shirts, yeah, and I think I got a jumper from. It was the Highway Superstar Christmas jumper I got, nice. and that is the only clothes I've bought myself in literally like the last year. And so she, even she's tired of it. Like <laughs> I, I will wear shoes until they until my feet are touching the floor. Like the difference between like my wife and I when I look at the shoe rack, and it's literally <laughs> just like it's a total stereotype. But for some reason, my wife has like fifty pairs of shoes. Before I started dating her, I think I wore the same like kind of. Doc Martin kind of like shoe boot kind of things mm-hmm. for probably like 10 years maybe more like it like literally like the shoes I wore in high school I wore until I was like an adult man at which point I think my wife bought me a new pair of shoes like because I because I, <laughs> I don't care like for me it's like I can only put money into stuff if I care so sure. I can justify buying a fucking iMac which are insanely expensive and yet when it comes to clothes, I'm like, I, you know, they have a few holes in the shirt, so I'm like, whatever, like, it's a fuck, who gives a shit? I'm not, like, trying to impress anybody. Exactly. We, we, we have, we've got a bit of a, an unspoken agreement in this house where when Amazon parcels get arrive or, like, clothing or shoe parcels arrive, I don't ask her about the, those purchases. <laughs> and when all this kind of vinyl turns up in all these vinyl boxes, she knows better than to ask me about that, too. So we've got this nice balance that, you know... <laughs> We, we both pay enough to, to live and to eat and these big hungry cats that we've got. But otherwise, we don't talk about these kind of purchases that just tend to arrive through the letterbox on a kind of daily basis. Hey, man, that's a good thing. <laughs> you got a good thing going, <laughs> yes. Martin Lyerby. Yeah, it's that sort of stuff makes it work. Yeah, man. Well, listen, thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. Cheers, man. It's nice to nice to talk to the people who listen to the show. I don't know why they do, but uh, it's cool that they do. I fill some time. I, I, I do a lot of commuting. I got nothing else better to do. You know. You know. Sometimes it's all right, Andy. Yeah. Thanks, man. I try. I, I, as long as like every maybe seven or eight weeks, there's a good one. That's all anyone can ever hope for. In, in all seriousness, it's it's good stuff. Keep doing it for as long as you can, man. I know that a lot of people do appreciate it, and it's uh, it's great fun. I like sincere compliments. There you go. See. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, keep on doing uh, the the important work, uh, making societies function and all that stuff. Cheers, Andy. Be good. All right. And that was my conversation with Martin Lyerby. And that was fun. And thank you all for calling in. We could probably wrap this up, I think. I think we're good. We're good. Was there something I forgot to say? I'm terrible. Like, uh, I, I I need notes. I need fucking notes. But look, there's plenty more people who called in, and so there's going to be a lot more sort of listener call-in shows. And uh, this week was just, I was just so fucking busy. Every night there was something going on, and I just could not find time to edit the show. But that's going to change, man. It's all going to change. When that angel investor comes, things are going to change around here. And this operation is going to be run much more efficiently. Because you got to understand, I would love for this thing to run efficiently. It would make me so happy. I don't do this 
this on purpose. I'm not all frazzled all on purpose. Like, I would love a schedule, a fucking secretary to, like, handle the emails and make sure everyone gets, like, responded to on time and all this other stuff. You know how amazing that would be? But I'm sure everyone wants that, so that's not, like, a unique thing for me. I'm sure you would all love secretaries. Uh, look... We gotta go. I gotta go. Thank you for listening to Beyond Synth. Tune in next week. I do have some great shows coming up, and hopefully when my schedule gets a little bit more normal, uh, I can start sort of putting those shows out. I mean, the show's still gonna come out. It's just like you're gonna get episodes like this that are just like smorgasbords. (laughs) Smorgasbord. Look, have a lovely weekend. Thank you for listening to Beyond Synth. I love you all because you... um, Good question. Why do I love you? All right, I'll sleep on that. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) have a good weekend, everybody. And tune in next time for more great music and cool chat and and all that stuff that we do here at Beyond Synth. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.